You, you, you are now listening to the Project Kuwait. To the Project Kuwait. To the Project Kuwait. Where we stop at nothing to bring you the right facts on health, fitness, and psychology. Featuring some of the world's most experienced professionals. So you can learn, lift, and live with your hosts, Meg, Dr. D, and Mehdi. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of The Project with Psyched with Dr. D. And in this episode, Dr. D has a little bit of verbal diarrhea going on. <laughs> you really enjoyed this word, diarrhea. Well, I'm not wussified. <laughs> and you're not wussified. Where, you know, this episode is really great. It teaches people how to be upfront and honest and stop worrying about confrontation and be able to be honest with your kids, be honest with the people around you. Maybe you could become a happier person. Exactly. And stop the wussification of the world. And please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and you may win a free t-shirt. Free t-shirt. I'm supposed to be practicing how to do this. Well, you didn't do it. <laughs> Enjoy the episode, Enjoy. All this and more in today's episode. <laughs> That's how I get you to be quiet for now on. I just press. Seriously. But still people need to be aware that maybe in the winter that they were feeling some certain of symptoms that they didn't know it really was normal if you have seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, but can't seasonal affective disorder happen in the summer? I mean, for of me, winter is like my season. I love winter That means here. you don't have sad. It's only for people that become depressed. They have depression symptoms, like they are, they want to sleep, they don't feel like doing anything, they're disinterested, they, they are barely getting themselves excited about anything. They go to work, they come back. Sometimes they even don't go to work. And and these are the individuals that need light. So their melatonin like has increased. So if you sounds have sounds like these, Dracula. I Dracula. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. That's how I said anything about your mom. She heard me. I know. Now she knows how to listen to the podcast. She does? Yeah. <laughs> Why'd so, you have to teach her? Well I'm on. not saying anything about her. I love you, Mom. <laughs> no, no, no. To be honest with you, I had her listen to one of the newer podcasts that popped up because I thought she would like it. It's about food and stuff. And she just starts, she, she like this podcast was so bad that I listened to it for an hour. That's how bad it was. All right. Like this is how shitty it was. And I just wanted to listen to it to see where the conversation was going. And it, obviously it went nowhere. And then I got to the border. I'm like, why the hell am I listening to this shit? <laughs> so I sent, to my, sent it to my mother thinking she would like it because it seemed like her age demographic. She's like, why in God's name would you send me that crap? <laughs> and she's like, but at least now I can download your episode. I was like, look, you don't want to listen to Psyched with Dr. And she goes, oh, that dinka. She didn't even say hi to me. And I was like, no. You what did didn't. I, was, what did I, came say? To the door, I did say hi. You did, but she didn't. <laughs> like, do you see how sometimes people can warp things in their head? I know, right? I know. I said hi, but she was so busy with the kids. She was busy being And then when angry we went downstairs, day. we went together and we talked about she told me she was going to a birthday party. She forget all that conversation. I think she did. We went down and she's like, well, I'm going to a birthday party and, and you know, I hope he takes care of the kids. And I said, enjoy your time. It was one of the teachers. I don't even know what she was saying, but she talked to me. <laughs> well, that's good. I don't know. You know my she still doesn't like me. I don't know why. I can't imagine anyone because not liking me. Because I told you. You told her what was up. She doesn't like people I'm, to but tell her the One the thing truth. you know about me is like, I'm so, I mean, if anyone knows, uh, people that know me, they know. The other day I was telling my friend, I need a pill. You know how sometimes kids take a pill to be more active? Well, I need a pill that keeps me quiet <laughs> because I cannot keep quiet and it gets me in trouble. For example, if I see unfairness, even if it's not unfairness like human unfairness, if I see things that doesn't make sense, 
I think I have that disorder. That kind of makes me tell the person right away. And maybe it's my age. I don't know what to add. The other day, one of my colleagues said he had asked me to find an institution to help his kid learn English. Then I give him a suggestion. The other day I saw him and he's like, I said, so did you take your kid? He's like, no, I took my wife. She didn't like it. And I'm like, it's one of the top. I mean, it's not like the the building might not be wow. But it's one of the well-known places here that you can yeah. you know, learn. And I said to him, really? Why does your wife have to make these kind of decisions? Well, you know, if your kid needs to learn English, that's not that important. And my friend is like, <laughs> just like, why is it that you can't just say, okay, I understand. I said, because it didn't make sense to me. Like, where's the filter? Where's the, like, I have no the filter. filter. I don't know what happened. It's just a form of my personality. Some people really like it. I'm so honest. It has, a, you know, I can't. And then after I say something, I'm like, uh, maybe these person were ready to hear all that. <laughs> I don't know how to keep quiet. I just can't. It's inside. I mean, I'll keep quiet for that moment, but I'll always find a way to go back and say to the person, look, when you said this, it really bothered me. And I want to tell you this, like I can't <laughs> go 24 hours if there's a feeling inside of me that bothers me. But that's, I mean, that's good though. That does have its good qualities though, because yeah, there are it, people that respect that. Like at yeah, work, but it gets you people, it gets it you does. lack of it friends. Does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your friends does. don't like you then. And it really affects you meeting anybody. No, but your friends sometimes gain a different type of respect. Like for me, there are guys at work that hate talking to me or doing projects with me because I do things the right way. I don't yeah. cut corners and I tell them how it is straight to their face. Like, oh, well, why is this? I'm like, well, because our company sucks and we need to do A, <laughs> B, and C. You know, if you cut out A, B, and C and just go straight to F, we're going to suck even more. <laughs> they don't like that because they want it obviously to be their way. And it's like, you got to do that. You have to have people like me and you that just say what's up. So yeah, but I feel like, some, like, for example, you know, Dr. Nasreen always gets mad at me. She always says, Juliet, can you just be quiet? Because I can't stand when the secretary does something wrong. And she's like, well, can you just like wait or wait? And I can't. And then I'm like, well, it makes sense. You should be doing this. And I come across, I'm sarcastic. I don't mean it. And then I'm like, well, because she's not doing her job. Why should I be the one doing her job? And But Nasreen tolerates a lot. And then she'll confront later. Me? Right away. I have word diarrhea. <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, because I cannot stand if someone doesn't do their job. I can't stand unfairness. I, you know, I'm very emotional when it comes to things. So what can I do? And then I always get told, can you just keep it quiet? Maybe you don't need to say everything. One of my friends, she said, you don't need to say everything. What do you mean I don't need to say everything? If I don't say everything, I can't sleep at night. So there must be something wrong with me because people automatically say, well, they don't see it as too honest. They see it as aggressive. And I'm like, I'm not aggressive. You're a strong woman. You're aggressive. As of like, I just have the coronavirus. <laughs> Somehow they make it sound like there's something wrong with you and you have to change. And now I'm starting to believe maybe I do need to change. I don't know. I honestly don't think you need to change anything. Quite personally, I would appreciate if you just say word diarrhea one more time. Can you say word diarrhea for me? <laughs> word diarrhea. All right, Emmanuel, you need to make a song out of word diarrhea for Dr. D. <laughs> word diarrhea, I swear. But there's nothing it. wrong with being honest and upfront. Some people hate it. Some people dislike it. But at the end of the day, you're going to get a lot of people that respect you I wish for people it. would be like that, like me, with me. You know, because I was like, I'm always looking for feedback. 
I ask people, what do you think about this? I'm truly, truly looking for true, you know, con constructive criticism. And a lot of people don't give it to me. Maybe because they're, you know, not scared of me, but maybe they feel intimidated. Maybe they're trying to be nice. They don't want to hurt my feelings. I have only maybe a couple of friends that truly will tell me the truth. The other ones will tell you half the truth. Or you know they don't want to tell you the truth, so they'll like dodge it. And for me, I'm opposite. I'm looking for people that will cause, will tell me, you know, what, what is wrong? What can I change? What should I need to do? And it's very rare to find people really? like that. Uh, yes. Honestly, I've honestly, since working with you, and I'm surprised I've lasted this long, long you haven't <laughs> fired me by now. But in all honesty, like, since whenever I've given you any constructive criticism, yeah. you've taken it very well. Because I like it. But I'm surprised because you're, you know, you've got the PhD and, you know, and I say PhD with quotes, like, no, I, but I'm just saying because people always think people with PhDs are the smartest in the world. And in all honesty, some are very smart, yeah. but there some are people with PhDs that, that really aren't. No, and, and they don't have social, uh, common sense either. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So some of them might be geniuses, book smart, but they don't can't put two words together. Yeah. And for me, maybe that's what it is. Like some of, a lot of my friends are not PhD, for example, and maybe they feel intimidated. Awesome. Like for, and, and for you, no, I mean, you don't feel intimidated, even though I was your professor. I'm not, no, but there's You a don't difference. get intimidated. It's nice. Yeah, no. no, and it's nice. And I do take construct. I don't become sensitive. I don't start to defend against it like some people do. Those are the people you realize after you've opened your mouth, you realize it was the wrong thing to say. But I swear, even when I tell people, please, I like, because I look for ways to improve myself. Or is it something that I've done? Or even like in relationship, can you please tell me what am I doing wrong? And you don't, you don't hear the right comments. And you don't hear the truth. It's true. Well, people are stupid. And then in my job, sometimes my patients don't like the outfrontness of me, you know? But then I say to them, look, if I have to do the same thing as your friend, then don't come pay me. So I think sometimes I'm upfront and I'm very direct. And it takes, of course, I don't do it for really new clients. After I've developed alliance, then I do it. And some of them really love it because, you know, obviously I'm not doing it to hurt their feelings. Sometimes I know I'm going to hurt their feelings. So I say, listen to me. I'm going to say something that might hurt your feeling, but please hear what I have to say. You know, like yesterday, I told this person a couple of times, you're a hypocrite because she was talking about all these people that were hypocrite. And I said, you're a hypocrite, what you just said and what you're doing. But because I've known her for years, I knew I could say that, right? And so I feel like, so even with my patients, so sometimes my patients... Or people that come to see me, they can't handle it. And then they won't continue. But it's just my style and I feel like it's unfair. I can't do this reflective listening. I'm not that type of a psychologist. I don't do reflective listening, just reflecting back what you've heard. I'm very active in the session. If I see something wrong, I say it. And some of them are like, maybe not ready. And of course, I have to wait till... I know that they're ready and sometimes maybe I say it too early and they're not ready. But it's just my style. So I don't want anyone to come and see me or get help from me if they're not ready for that like assertiveness. I don't call it aggressiveness. Some people see it as aggressive because I'm a very strong woman. And so because you're strong, automatically people assume that you're aggressive. But are, are you really strong or do you give off the perception that you are strong? Well, I'm a strong person. Look at me being all Freudian. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm joking. No, no, no I'm joking. I think I'm no, a very strong, very strong person. No, no, you are. I'm a strong person because I can deal with a lot of stressors. I know how to manage. I know how to solve problems very quickly. Like there's rarely anything that happens in my life that I can't 
solve. Nothing is ever going to happen to me that I can't solve. Sometimes solving takes a little longer, but I know how to solve it. And I have good time management also, so I can, you know. But you're right. I mean, a lot of times people think people like myself, like they're so strong that they don't have any emotions. And that's not true either, you know. We do have emotions, but we're so busy. Trying to... But you're thick skin. I mean, when you yeah, grow up, true. when you see a lot of shit in yeah, life, that's how that's I put it. When you that's see true. a lot of shit in life, you get a thick skin that there are things that just don't bother you. Someone, like it bothers someone else. But to me, I'm just kind of like, dude, really? Like that's the smallest, most mundane thing I've ever heard. You know, all you got to do is dust yourself off and get back up. That's how I look at it. And they think it's like a world crisis. Yeah, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. A crisis to me is like, hey, you're breaking her arm. That was a fucking crisis. You know, and even then I stayed positive. I had to because that was it. My son being sick at the same time. Couple, it was a shit month, but I wore a smile on my face and kept it straight because that's... It. And you and you took it day by day. You felt like you needed to be strong for Haya. I mean, you know, if you're falling apart and worried because now she's, her arm broke. And the idea is that, is that you also are able to pick up things. And maybe because of the, the trauma and the stressors you've gone through, it has caused, it has allowed you, I don't even know if it's thick skin, but it's allowed you to manage things. You don't, you know, you don't fall victim into things. You try to be able to not even think about the problem, but you think of solutions. And maybe that's, you and I are similar to that. Like, you know, like I don't think about the problem itself. And maybe sometimes that might be wrong. I just think we have a problem. Why do we need to talk about the problem? Let's talk about the solution of it. How we're going to get it fixed. Exactly. The only thing is, it's weird because if it's something with me, I think about the problem and not the solution. But with anyone externally in my family, I think of the solution. I'm like, okay, well, it's not that bad. We can do A, B, and C to overcome it. You know, and, but at the end of the day, you've seen a lot of shit that that filter, the filter's tough. In which there's but nothing I feel wrong like sometimes with. That's there's, in there's my, nothing wrong with it. And I think sometimes in my job, I think it's necessary. Like, for example, when I have a client who's like victimizing a day after day after day, it's like I start to get tired of it. And I'm sure if I'm tired of it, other people in their life are tired of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for me, I feel like what the feeling I'm feeling is probably a representation of what other people are feeling of you outside. Yeah, 100%. And so... And sometimes people just like, like you said, if, if they are not used to uh, handling constructive criticism and they're very sensitive. And then when you say, look, it sounds to me like you're really, you like the victimizing role and then they get offended. No, I'm not a victim. I'm just telling you how I feel. You know, they start to defend against the role itself. So I think sometimes for my job, I wouldn't do it any other way. I couldn't. I feel like I'm cheating people out if I'm going to see someone that is doing something wrong or they're victimizers or, you know, they are narcissists or whatever. And I don't tell them. I, I can't. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people are not ready for people like you and I who have war diarrhea <laughs> and who are, and it's not like really war because I do know what I'm saying. It's not like it's just blurbing and like you don't have the blurbing disorder. But the idea is, is that I feel like I don't think about, is this person really ready for it? Sometimes with my clients, definitely, but my colleagues like, okay, like, I, I don't know, is it, I'm not scared of their reaction. I just say like, this guy's like, why is your wife making these decisions? This is, I mean, the institution is very good. His kid is only visiting here for a couple of months. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, he's he's only here. Why waste time? I'm I'm thinking I'm being 
I'm being um, helpful helpful, because I'm trying to say to him, don't waste time, just go do it. And I mean good intention. But my friend is like, you know, (laughs) you just told him not to listen to his wife. Uh, (laughs) I said exactly what I'm telling you. (laughs) But sometimes people are like, you, they are taken back by, wow. I don't know if they see it as truth or do see it as, I don't know. They see it as assertiveness or boldness. I don't know what they see it. People can't handle the truth anymore. Like, no, you know, do they do you think that they've become more sensitive? Yeah. Are they really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People are so much more. What sensitive. happened? The, do we have less trauma for them? Maybe we should start putting more people into trauma. That's what I think it is. The wussification. You know, our. Well, there's another word. Wussification. It's actually. Did the, you just create that word? No, it's actually called the pussification of the United States. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I used a good word and said wussification, <laughs> wussifying. Wussifying. I think since the early 2000s, we've had this mentality of every kid has to get a trophy, every kid has to get this. Kids, in my opinion, aren't dealing with trauma like they used to. And now with technology, with technology, they're not even having that one-to-one discussion anymore. It's turned into me sending a text message. And from your perspective, I assume it's it's changed the game because now you probably have like digital depression and shit. I mean, that's what I'm assuming that's got to be popping up nowadays. Digital depression? Yeah, something like that where, you know, kids getting bullied online or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, cyberbullying. Yeah, yeah, cyberbullying, but not from that, but people getting depressed by what's going on of course. on their online life. Right, social media. And I know people online, depressive as hell. They don't say it, but then I see them outside and they're all bubbly and happy. And it's like, where's the trade off here? What the hell's going on? Like, dude, you have serious personality disorder, you know, like something's going on there. But I just think that's it. I think people are sensitive, overly sensitive than what they used to be. And there's nothing wrong with telling the truth. Well, you know, back in the days, like 30 or 40 years ago, parents were much more critical and they pushed their kids to the limits or... They criticize them a lot. And then all this new research says that we need... And then they... Oh, nice haircut, by the way. Thank you. Um, So they were like, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, they were new research. And they said like, no, we got to give our kid positive feedback and we got to reflect positivity and, and give them some... So that way we can... Because 30 or 40 years ago, we were raising generation of low self-esteem, that they didn't have confidence. We weren't reflecting enough positivity. We're not mirroring good things. And then the new research came out and said, no, we got to do more. We got to teach our kid how to love themselves. We're going to give them positive feedback. And even if they're not drawing that great, just reflect, mirror to them. Oh yeah, son, that drawing's nice. great. It looks like it looks- shit, but I'll tell you, it looks really good. That's a freaking Picasso you, know? you got And then, going. so what did we do? I would never do we, that with my kid. But do you know what we did then? We started to raise narcissists. We're idealizing them. We're, we're inflating their sense of ego. We're making them believe that they're greater than they are. And then that they are put on a pedestal. And so that we put them on a pedestal and we act like they were the greatest thing ever that happened to us. And now, of course, we have to deal with the generation of narcissists. So that's why. So it's not that they they haven't been traumatized because we pampered them and we, because research 30 years ago said, oh, you guys have abused your kids. All of us were lacking confidence. We didn't have enough individuals that praised us. And so in my generation, parents put you down. They might have even abused you physically or verbally. They told you that, you know, get with the 
program, work hard. My mom and dad never sat down and taught me you anything. You need a healthy balance. You need a healthy balance. Exactly. If there's no health, look, last, what was it, last week, a couple of weeks ago, before DJ was sick for like the second time, he had a swimming competition. Now, he trained, it was indoor, okay? And everyone was like, it's better. It's cold. Why are you going to take it? I was like, dude, the kid needs to swim. Like, he's been prepping for this competition for three weeks. Me and him, we've been, you know, working on it. Now, he goes in. They say he's level five when before he used to be level four. And these kids are six, seven years old. So they're way bigger than him. And I, I looked at the dude. I'm like, dude, he's going to get his ass kicked. And he goes, but his skill level, you know, whatever. So DJ's not stupid. He finishes the race, whatever. I give him a shower. We're in the car. I'll show you the video. It it breaks my heart. And he's in the back seat. I was like, DJ, what's wrong, buddy? And he goes, I didn't come in first place. And he's like holding the tears back. You know, he's really holding the tears back. Now, I could have said, oh, everybody's a winner, you know, whatever. But I said, look, DJ, that's life. Sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're going to lose. You need to work harder to get better. To you, you judge yourself based on you. If you think you could have done better, then do better next time. If that was the best you could do, then you left it all out in the pool. That's great. We just need to work harder. That's right. And this is the way you're supposed to. Instead of parents going to fight and saying to their kid, well, the referee was discriminating. He was unfair. Trying to put the responsibility on the referee or the coaches. Fighting with the coaches because their kid didn't get a trophy. And you see some of those parents. I see that those parents even in ice skating. My daughter was doing a number and she fell. And she came and she started crying. And she's like, you know, mom, I fell. I'm like, could you fell? And she's like looking at me. How could you say that, mom? I said, I'm saying this because this now you have an experience of how, what, how it feels to fall on ice. You know, she got third place still because it was a small fall. But the point of the matter is that I said, I'm sure that you were disappointed, but also the experience of you having a fall from all these years that you've been skating is also a good experience because this is what life is about. I feel like a lot of parents and, you know, and today I was saying that in class, I feel like a lot of parents do not really prepare their kids for life or especially like I'm teaching the psychology of addiction class. And I feel like parents don't are not honest with their kids, true, obviously yeah. depending on the age. But I feel like when kids come and ask, mom, you know, do we have people that drink or they smoke or that this, we try to avoid it because we're so embarrassed of it. You know, so if I had alcoholism, which I had in my family, I say, no, we, we had people that are alcoholic and separating that from social alcoholism. And what does that mean? Like, you know. Uh, for my kid, why should I say no? And that's not the, you know, our family is not like that. They need to understand we're predisposition to certain genes. For example, you know, obesity is, is a gene. Diabetes is a gene. Like, I, I feel like a lot of parents, they don't want to be honest with their kids because they it's a reflection on them. As of like, you know, if I said to my kid, yes, we have alcoholism in our family, somehow, that will make me look like a bad mom. What does that have to do with me? It's our genes. They need to be aware. So that way, if they ever think of drinking, they have to realize that they have a higher chance of becoming alcoholics. And these are my job. But I know parents that don't even talk about, for example, mental illnesses that have happened in their family. Like they'll shelter the kids, put them in a glass, you know, mirror. I mean, some of my students are the same way. Like I'll say something that you think it's normal. And some of them, they look at you like they've never heard the word drugs. I'm like, serious? 
Yeah. You know, it's not like we don't have it here. And it's an epidemic all over the world. And it's something that every country struggles with. So it's not like we're out it of it. It truly is, yeah. But the thing is, is that it's an education. And I feel like a lot of times, so let's say a kid in elementary or even middle school hears from his friend about something like that. And then they'll go and ask the parents, no, 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 we don't talk about that in this house. No, we don't do this. Yeah. So I feel like automatically you're shutting your kid from having a dialogue and a conversation. Maybe it doesn't happen in your family and maybe you don't know anything about it, but it's not something that I should be constantly telling my kid, not in my family. No, no, no. In our family, we don't do that. And then, you know, a lot of times I've seen clients where like they were great students. They go to the U.S. or somewhere else to study abroad where they where they become aware of a lot of things that they've never seen here or have never been talked about, Oh yeah, right? Yep. Or maybe they've seen it on YouTube and, you know, but they think that this is far away from them. And then they go there and they come back shocked, you know, shocked about what they saw, how, what they heard. They don't know how to deal with it. You know, they look like they're, they are not prepared for the real world and it's not, you know, it's my job. You know, so today one of my students said, you know, I really enjoyed that ability that you're able to talk about all these things with your kid. I said, it's my job. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't want my kid to go. I mean, they're going to go to the U.S. to study and I don't want my kid to not be prepared. I want him to know that he will have peer pressure and he will have these drugs and how I, to me, it's a red line and we don't accept these things and, and no. So at least he's not shocked and he knows how to make decisions. And when he comes in terms of someone offering him something, he'll know this mom said, this is red line. And that you're be, and I feel like parents mainly feel that if I am open with my kid, it's two things. I'm either bringing more awareness to them, and then now they're going to start doing it, or they're going to judge me if I say that my family has drug addiction or alcoholism or even smoking. Yeah, yep. It's like I want to, my kid to have this pure idea that my family is perfect, and it's not. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It's definitely they're, not going to happen. Hold on a minute. They're going to grow up, and they're going to see, and then they're going to come and say to me, Mom, you're a hypocrite. They're going to say, you lied. You they're, lied. Yeah, they're going to be like, you I'm lied. I'm going to lose their respect. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's, uh, some parents are just, I mean, obviously, I'm a psychologist, and I'm comfortable talking about no, a lot think, of things. I don't think you're a psychologist. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just but the thing is, is that I, I, you know, some parents are not comfortable themselves. Yeah. And if you're not, then bring them somewhere where someone can help them bring awareness. You know, even in school, they're probably hearing a lot more information. And then when they come home, they want to be able to talk to the mom or dad about it. And if you're going to continue saying, no, we don't do that. That's not an our house. This is not in our tradition. Then you're like avoiding them from exploring in their mind the information that they received, right? Yeah, no, totally. Parenthood is so difficult. It's difficult because you have to be able to make decisions and know what's right and wrong for your kid. But at the same time, I think it's, I think the main thing is to really be able to prepare my kid for the real world. Yeah, that's the most important thing to do. I mean, I'm sure you think the same thing. And that's what you were telling DJ, right? Like, yeah, no, that's it. I mean, that's it. And part of that, too, is like you said, you, you're very straightforward with people. Well, when our kids grow up and they're entering into the workforce and they're going to get jobs, CEOs are going to be straightforward with them. You know, a CEO doesn't beat around the bush or, you know, an HR person isn't going to beat around the bush and say, look, you know what? We can't give you this job right now, but come back in like three weeks. They're going to be like, dude, we're not hiring you. 
you're not the right fit for this position or something. So people need to learn how to deal. You know, they, they need to learn how to accept and deal with it. If you suck, you suck. You know what I mean? You judge yourself based on, I use certain benchmarks for myself to judge myself where I was and where I am now. That way, I know I sucked before, but now I'm better. And, you know, I used this example when I was talking to um, the Quake, the Quake champion for CrossFit. I was like, I will never be as good as you. But when I enter a competition, I'd rather, I don't want to be the bottom 10 anymore. Now I want to be in the top 20 or the top 25. So there's, there's progress going on. You know what I mean? Even though like someone will say, oh, you suck. Why are you doing this? For me, it's like, no, I might suck now. But there's progress being made, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Where, whereas it's, yeah, there's the straightforwardness to it. But at the same time, I'm glad he's telling me what he thinks because I can move forward. Just like you said, you know, you hope more people tell you and give you an honest Yeah, opinion. I wish. It makes a big difference. Even when I ask, I don't get it. Only with my two friends who are my best friends. Most of the time, people think that you're teasing or you're not ready. I don't know what they're thinking. But also, you know, in, in response to kids, when my kids see me being honest to them and to other people, when they realize that honesty is very important, they're going to learn that from me. And then they're going to be honest themselves also. They're going to, hopefully they'll use tactics that are, you know, good tactic to be able to tell someone the same thing, but in a, in a much more nicer way. Is but, your son more diplomatic than you? Yeah, I'm diplomatic when I need to. But the idea he, stri- is, he strikes me as very diplomatic. How Larson? He communi- yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely yeah. looks... From just from talking to him that one time, yeah. he seems very diplomatic in how yeah. he approaches things. Yeah. The thing is, is that he's able to approach it. Like kids his age, they either don't confront or approach anything and they dismiss things because they don't want to put themselves in any situation yeah. where they are going to be in conflict with their peers. I notice with him, he's like me. He just feels like, mom, but this bothers me. I got to tell someone like he wants to write a letter about it. He wants to express it. And so, at, and I think this is really healthy. Like, I would rather have them just say something and talk about it instead of like really repressing it, creating some sort of a guilt feeling because of these negative feelings that they have, and then become depressed about it. Yeah. I don't feel like it's something that wrong. That's perfect. And I think it's our, like I said, it's our job to. And so, I, you could see the kids that are raised in families where they don't confront. And everything is like tiptoed around. And you can also see those kind of kids as a professor, for example, when I'm giving them feedback or when they come to me and say, uh, I did my homework, but I didn't print it. Uh, okay, I won't accept it. Or like, and then you, you feel like they've gotten disappointed because you just said no to them. These are the rules. So you're like, you know, you can tell the fragile ones from the ones that are like, are used to like, toughen up this is life yeah or yeah. that had had opportunities like maybe they were athletes maybe they were competing maybe they've had some losses and so when you say to them no this is not the way we do things Just shrug your shoulders be yeah like, they oh, do exactly right. i like how you summed it up though i like how you summed it up because if you're not honest it will you know brew you know deep-seated feelings and it'll just kind of spill over into everything else and Look, I mean, you said it perfectly when you have to lead a healthy lifestyle for yourself by being straightforward with people and accepting constructive criticism, by being honest and being honest with your children so that they learn how to do the same and accept, you know, constructive criticism and they're able to deal with it. And for everybody else, just stop with the wussification of the world. (laughs) Well, because I think the more honest we are with our kids, the more we're letting them become responsible. And so that's the wussification that you're calling. I think that one way 
to really be able to stop it is to be able to confront our kids. Yeah. And I don't mean being mean. Like I, I don't say like, like Larson, you know, he's overweight. So I never say like, you're fat. I mean, even though he calls himself fat. But I would say like, maybe we need to watch this or maybe let's go skating a little longer. Or, you know, I, I say these things to him. And so if he says something, I'm like, well, I'm not sure I like this idea, but let's use this idea. So you're still confronting and they, and they get used to this. So this way they've already are used to confrontation. So I don't say, oh no. And then if something I don't like that they're doing, I confront it. I know some parents don't because they're worried about hurting their kids' feelings. But to me, to be honest, I'd rather hurt their feelings and do all the things I can do here with me before they go out there and they're going to get hurt more and they'll know how to deal with it. And so this way, if they are depressed or, you know, there wouldn't be as much depression if you can be able to just talk about things and not feel ashamed. Yeah, yeah. no, 100%. This was this was a very depressing episode. It's not depressing. It was. I wasn't, like, I was all happy and shit. Now I'm like... Why oh, are you depressed? Being I'm, not depre- I'm not depressed. I'm like, I was all happy. <sighs> and oh, now, now it's just like, oh, it just got too serious for me. I mean, no, because that I serious. Like, that got really serious. We get into kids and shit. Like that's when that's, it gets... you need to get over yourself. You don't get over yourself. Well, you know, you gotta make sure. Every time we talk about kids, you always have this. I like, do. I'm a very sensitive. I'm very sensitive with, when it comes to talking about kids. For some, we're reason. not talking bad about kids. We're saying I know, we're but toughing it's, them it's up. Toughing up, like just the seriousness of that, because it's a very serious fucking topic. You know, like if you screw see, up. See, to me, I don't even see it as. as I do, because as a parent, it's like our job. Have you ever watched House? Yeah. You watch House? Do you ever, do you see the part where he, I mean, he said it in one of his episodes, he's like, a parent's job is not to fuck up their kids too much. Yeah. And that's the truth of it. And that's a big responsibility, right? It's so tough. It really is. Of course. And it's just like talking about this, it's like, I'm going back to the conversation I had with DJ. Was that the right conversation? Yeah, you did. You did amazing. You know, but I mean. But that's what I was telling you is like, see, you saying this to DJ or I say this to my kid. It's like it might look like we're be, we're a little bit tough as parents, but really what we're doing is trying to help them understand that life is not roses and that life has falling and he's not going to be number one when he's swimming sometimes. Yeah. And, and there are going to be times where, you know, he's he is not as good as the other people on the team. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, you got to be honest. From the, In my opinion, because you don't want them to hate the sport or hate what they're doing. It's just like with school. You're going to be good at some subjects and you're going to suck at others. I sucked at math. Yep. You know, so it's like, that's just how the cookie. I, I didn't like statistics. Yeah, you're not a math. Most psychologists aren't math people. I know, but then we do research and we have to like analyze data. But we use the SBSS. Yeah, you guys. We cheat. You guys cheat. Well, I mean, we're not like statistician, <laughs> right? But it's true. But we still, I told my all my students today, I said the same thing. What? We, I'm going to give them a test. And I said, look, that's, if it was for me, I'd never give a test. And the students all look. I said, look, I don't really think a test is really measuring your ability or your future career. 100%. I didn't do I well on a lot of tests. Yeah, yeah no, I agree But I still that. became a doctor. I said, you know, it's just a requirement. I don't like it, but it's a requirement that I have to fulfill, right? Yep. So I was saying to my student, you don't do well on the exam. Don't worry about it because there are going to be many other opportunities where you can prove yourself. I don't think it should determine that you're smart or not smart. Yeah, it's true. So even the kids. So when he doesn't get all A's, do you, are you going to say to the DJ, you got to get all A's? 
No, their capacities. Yeah, I'm going to tell like them. Some, like, dude, don't suck. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping well, that I'm they, they average. Way, but, but I know, like, I know that which kid is average, which kid is a little bit above average. But honestly, there are some things where if you put the work in, you're going to look. If I put the work in as a student, I would have been an A student. Yeah. Easily. Easily. I mean, Dr. D, in my master's, I studied the day of the exam. I would go to Starbucks in the morning at nine and study from nine till six. And that was the studying I did for, you know, a semester worth of work. And I come out with a C or a B, you know, you just get the passing grade. That to me was fine. And I was like, and Hay would always say, now you see, if you'd studied, you would have gotten an A. Yeah, that's right. But my fear of failure is why I would study the day of because when I would it was it was I was self handicapping. Yeah, you were self handicapping. You know I mean? like, it was like, look, I didn't study. You know, I only studied for six hours. So yeah, that's right. You were self handicapping, which is which is a form of fear of failure. It, it was. Yeah, I was terrified. I didn't want to study really hard and then get a shitty grade because then I'd be like, oh, I'm stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's right. That was an easier pill for me to swallow. But. Which a lot of people engage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then for the same reason you're saying is that if I would have studied and not done well, then I would have felt like I'm stupid. Yep. So might as well not study a lot and don't do as well. And at least you'll say, well, I've only studied from six to nine at Starbucks. Yeah. So it's an easy yeah, out form. It is an know? easy out form. Yeah, I, think, I think this was a good serious episode. I hope people have realized what we want to tell them is to be honest with your kids. Stop feeling guilty for your genes or for your family history <laughs> and for things that are happening. It's not my fault. Avoid verbal diarrhea too. Well, <laughs> well, well ma- really. make it verbal, but maybe like... No, no, honestly, be straightforward. Be honest. The world needs honest people. Just within reason. Don't, and if you, you know, can't, you got to figure out why. There are people that say, I just can't. I'm worried about... I get a lot of those people who are like, I don't know how to tell someone how I feel or, you know, they'll be bothered by their manager for such a long time and they won't say anything. They'd rather find another job and avoid the confrontation. And actually, you should look into your childhood, look into your family, because I'm sure this person was saying to me, no, 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 I don't want to confront. I don't know what he's going to say to me. I'm worried he might tell me something I can't respond. They'd rather find another job because... Either mom, dad had word diarrhea, mom didn't know how to respond to him, or mom was passive, dad was aggressive. You know, somehow there's something in that family dynamic that taught this girl that telling someone how you feel is dangerous. And that's the belief we need to change. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.